Well, the big three is back in town. It's year six, and they'll be making a stop this weekend at the LCA Sunday, August 13th at noon. And one of the coaches of one of the teams, yes, the head coach of the Ghost Ballers, Detroit's own, Eastern Michigan's own, George, the Iceman, Gervin. What's going on? <laughs> what a what an introduction, man. Hey, man, everything good, man. Good to be coming back home. Yeah, so um, before we get into some of the past, let's talk about the, the big three. Is it uh, what you thought it would be since you've uh, started coaching? Yeah, it is, man. It's loving, man. I'm, I'm really proud of Ice Cube and Jeff for putting together another platform for guys that still want to play. You know, a lot of guys, you know, be in situations to where, you know, they either no longer wanted on certain teams and would still want to play. Um, and, and he created a platform for them to play. And we planned three-on-three, three, the game that all of us grew up playing. So I'm very proud of it, and I'm very proud of being a part of it and being one of the coaches. Now, have you had a moment yet where you are your typical NBA coach where you get in the face of a player? Oh, heck no, man. You know, what I tell guys, what I tell guys anyway, man, if I do get on you, I'm attacking your basketball character. I'm not attacking you personally for everybody can understand. So I never had an issue with my guys, man. I got a great relationship with them and we there to win and, you know, and, and play hard and stuff. And then, you know, wait on the results. So we played pretty good this year. Um, you know, we four and three, so we got a, a big one uh, this Sunday. I hope people come out and see it. Uh, it's some real exciting basketball, I tell you, man. It, it really is, and I, I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, and what's great about the big three, too, for anybody that's not familiar, if you haven't seen it on CBS or you haven't gone down and seen it live, is the fact that the players will talk trash to one another. And this isn't like <laughs> your typical NBA game where you're only going to hear a little bit of it. Right. No, we get to hear a lot of it on TV. How cool is that? Because, I mean, you come from a brand of basketball that players weren't friends with one another, didn't like each other, and things got heated on the court, right? Well, they play hard, man. I tell you, man. Uh, you know, they, 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 it's very physical. You know, you know, most people looking at it think, oh, I can get out there and do that. No, you can't. You've got to be in shape to play three-on-three basketball. There's not very much room, so there's a lot of body contact. And, uh, and man, it, it's a great concept, man. And, I, again, I hope people come out and see it. Uh, it's a fun game. We've got – a lot of talent, man. A lot of talent. Older guys that still playing the game. And you got some high profile coaches. I mean, the big game they're saying on Sunday is Lisa Leslie's team, the Triplets, against Nancy Lieberman, who was the first coach of the Detroit Shock back in the day. What's it like coaching against some women? Well, I like coaching against a man. I don't think <laughs> be no difference. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean. They out to beat you, and I'm out to beat them. So it's all about preparation. It's all about, you know, getting your team organized to play in a system that you feel that can, you know, have the best outcome. So, hey, I, I don't mind beating Lisa, you know, uh, 
I don't mind beating Nancy, and I'm quite sure they don't mind beating me. So it's all <laughs> even in my aspect of looking at coaching. Now, what is the process to get on a big three team? Now, we know the names of like Jason Richardson that is out there and, and Royce Young and some of these guys that we saw in the NBA play on our televisions. But for some of the lesser-known guys, how do they get their, their big break into the big three? You know, every summer we have a combines camp. We have a combines camp somewhere in the country, and they're invited. You know, um, you know, we started off with playing with mostly ex-NBAs. Now, we, you know, we got a lot of Europeans. And then we invite some of the public to, you know, if you think you got game, come to the combines and, and show us you got game. And if you can play, you'll probably be on one of the teams. So, you know, it's open up, man, to – you know, who's ever loved the game and want to compete on a high level of three-on-three. Hall of Famer Georgie Iceman Gervin joins us. Look, the, the, the uh, Evan here, is, he's a young buck. He just turned 40. You're in your low 70s. I'm in my mid-60s. But when I was in college, George, your poster of you in that ice cube chair was the greatest sports poster I think I've ever seen. What, tell oh, us about it, making making that, and, and did you realize how cool that was going to be? Never did, man. Nike came up with that idea um, back in the uh, late, no, yeah, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nike started creating posters for their athletes. And, and mine was the Iceman poster. And no, I, I, I never knew that it was going to grow to have the kind of, you know, how could I say it, man, to where people – talk about this poster here today. Yeah. They say, George, I had your Iceman poster in my room. I had your Iceman poster. I still got your Iceman poster. I mean, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm humbled by it, you know. Um, the relationship that I have with Nike, I'm going to create a shirt with that with that silhouette on it. Oh. And I hope, I hope the public uh, um, take to it like they did the poster. Because, again, man, I am so humbled by all the people around the world. I went to China, and I saw the poster in a museum. Wow. So it really it really freaked me out, man. But, again, man, I, I'm, I'm really thrilled by it, and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the fan base. And, you know, a lot of the young pros that play all they talk about is, I had Joe posted, Mr. Gervin, so I'm proud of it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Don't let Stoney fool you. Even though I'm, I'm only 40, quote-unquote, you made the finger rule cool for somebody like me that couldn't dunk. So the finger roll. Yeah. Do not let him think that I didn't know who George Iceman Gervin was because you made the finger roll cool for me. And, I mean, that's that's oh, honest yeah. to the truth. I couldn't dunk like Jordan. Never was going to do it. But you know what I could do? I could do that finger roll. <laughs> Hey, that, that was my commercial, man. <laughs> man now, now, growing up, <laughs> nice. growing up in Detroit, uh, were you a Piston fan as a kid? Oh, no question, no question. Wanted to be a Piston when I came out of school, uh, but you know, I came out in the seventies, and at that time, they wasn't taking hardship cases, right. so that kind of knocked me out of being, becoming a Piston. Always wanted to play for the Detroit Pistons, my. You know, all my young life, um, but it just didn't happen. So, you know, I played where I could and um, played against the Pistons. And I just love the relationship that I have being from the inner city of Detroit and, you know, being able to come up and play professional basketball. And, 
play against our Detroit Pistons. So, uh, you know, I'm, it's unfortunate I didn't play, and then it's fortunate that I had a chance to play somewhere. So who was your favorite growing up? Was it Bing? Was it, uh, I don't know, Jimmy Walker? Who's now? Yeah, them too. Bing, you know, Bing was my favorite. You know, Bing coached me, him and Lynn Barney, in a, in a high school all-star game when I was in Detroit. Wow. And so, you know, Bing became my favorite. Um, and then, you know, obviously Jimmy Walker, I mean, don't nobody talk about it, but Jimmy Walker spin, man. I mean, boy, if you just really had a chance to see them two at the guard spot play as they did, man, you would have really been entertained. Now, you obviously you played at Eastern Michigan after after King High School. You had your jersey retired. What was playing uh, for? They were then called the Hurons. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm fortunate because you know I, when I left high school, I went to Long Beach State to play for Jerry Tarkania, and I stayed there for a couple of weeks, missed home, and then I came home and played for the Eastern Michigan um, Hurons. But um, Jim Dutcher, um, that's where I had my, you know, my college career. Um, they just named uh, the athletic facility um, uh, after me, and I'm having a statue put up on the 31st there. So I'm real proud of my relationship with Eastern Michigan, and I'm glad I chose to go there. I, I didn't realize uh, you played under Jim Dutch. Of course, his son Brian led San Diego State to the Final Four, former Michigan assistant. Yep, 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 yep. So, you know, I had a, I had my own little personal root and section for him um his, his dad was a great coach man um, don't get the credit he deserved um you know he really for me let guys understand how to play and then just let them go out there and play and i think that's the relationship that players have to have with coaches or uh, have that kind of understanding and then they want to win for you yeah you know so you know on the amateur level and stuff man that's um you know, that's part of winning. Uh, you know, on a pro level, it's, you know, it's all about that check. Everybody remembers you, you know, in your NBA career with the Spurs. But the old-timers like myself used to watch some ABA stuff. How much fun mm-hmm. was playing with the red, white, and blue ball? All the stuff you guys started with the three-pointer before anybody else, obviously. And you had, obviously, great players. You know, Dr. J, George McGinnis, Roger Brown, Rick mm-hmm. Barry, Billy Cunningham. Mm-hmm. I can go on and on and on. Uh, how much? How much pride do you have in that? Uh, I'm so much, man. I mean, I, I am so thankful that that league was in existence at the time that you know I was young and had a place to to, to go play other than the NBA. Uh, you know, the ABA was special. We had a lot of young players. You know, so we were very entertaining. Um, you know, we scored a lot of points. We averaged under 10, under 15 a night. Um, I believe. And this is just my opinion, y'all. I'm not putting it on anybody that the merger in 1976 is what saved the NBA. You know, most people say it's magic and and bird and stuff. And obviously, they had a great impact on the game growing. But when we merged and brought in them four teams, Indiana, Denver, uh, New York, and San Antonio, it changed the whole outlook of the NBA. You know, the next year at the All-Star Game, you probably had 12 to 13 ABA players. So that's how powerful the ABA was, you know, um, with the merger in the NBA. And if you look at the game today, they utilized in the, 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 the three-point line like we did back in the ABA. So they playing ABA basketball right now, whether you want to believe it yes. or not. So, yeah, you, you would, you could, George Garvin back then could thrive in today's NBA, right? 
without a doubt. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what I did, I, I forgot that you and and Dr. J both played for the Virginia Squires, and you're but traded within months. He went to obviously the Nets, and you got traded to San Antonio. You know, it was unfortunate, but it was fortunate for me to be able to join the Virginia Squires back in 73, um, 74 season to play under the schoolage of Dr. J. You know, and he was such a humble and great basketball player, but great person. Now, me and him used to play at practice, and then after practice, I used to always try to, you know, leave, and he used to always call me and say, where you going, rookie? I said, well, I'm going to go take my shower. He said, no, you ain't. Me and you going one-on-one. So he played with me, built up my confidence and my self-esteem, and helped me believe that I belong, you know, as a pro athlete. So I'm very biased and loyal to Doc for just taking the time, man, to spend with me, man, to help me become a real pro. Now, I, I've always wondered, because everything has come full circle, now Dr. J is also a coach within the big three, do you ever sit there and look at him in the gym and you're like, how can we compete against each other on the court right now? Whether it's a free throw contest, whether you guys, you want to see how many hook shots you can make, but is there ever that competitive balance still between you guys out on the court when nobody else is looking? Well, you know, I'm 71 and Doc's 73, so we had our turn, you know. <laughs> I mean, we had all the time we could compete against each other, you know. Now we appreciate each other, you know, um, for having this long career and being able to be around long enough to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> could, could, could he still dunk? <laughs> Oh, man, I can't take a roll. you talking about dunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a good question. So I see Jason Richardson in all of these big three highlights. He's still out there dunking like that's he's amazing. a young buck, right? How old it were you? Amazing. How old were you when you were like, I can't do that anymore? Oh, wow. I tell you, I tell you when I came to my uh, understanding that my turn was over, I have a junior. I have a son. And me and my son used to play one-on-one. My son tricked me so bad to where I was going one way and I was falling one way and he was going the other way. He patted me on my butt and shot a jump shot. I knew it was over. <laughs> now, so that was when I was 40-some years old. Now, people, look, the San Antonio Spurs have obviously built up into a this great franchise. You were one of the ones who put it on the map, obviously, but then the Duncan Robinson, Ginobili, those guys are all going into the Hall of Fame, uh, some of them, this, this weekend. Uh, and now, just waiting for Victor Webinyama. I mean, we, as you know, are pretty disappointed that the Pistons ended up with the fifth pick, even though they had the worst team yeah. in the league. What's it like living in San Antonio waiting for the next one? It's interesting, man, you know, I mean, because you know like I know. I mean, the potential is one thing. But until you do something, you know, that's when you really get to accolade. You know, people always come to me and, and they say, hey, 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 have you met Victor? I was saying, you mean have Victor met me? <laughs> I, I'm a Hall of Famer. Victor ain't done that yet. So I'm waiting for him to do his potential, and he got some un believable upside but you know like i know man this we in a league today where you get paid on potential 30 years ago you had to earn your right if you couldn't play you didn't get a check so i'm so proud to see where the game have changed today where it gives guys opportunities to make money 
and they ain't shot a jumper. If you and Ice Cube are walking together in the same room and somebody yells Ice, do you guys both turn around? <laughs> no, he'll let me turn around because I'm Ice first. All right. Okay. I was just making sure. Now, a little birdie told me before we started this interview that your last game may have been one of my favorite games ever as a basketball fan. <laughs> Michael Jordan scored 63 points in the garden. No, uh, uh, David Thompson. Oh, then, then, oh, well, Wikipedia is wrong. Oh, okay. So, well, my little birdie is sitting across from me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, what the edit that out? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I'll just mess it with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, you were on that team when he scored 63? Yeah, yeah. When we, when we played the Boston Garden. Yeah, and Michael scored 63. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, my question yeah, to you yeah. is yes, he was, obvious, a team, he was his teammate, too. Yes. That's what people don't remember. But you played with this yeah. young man before he was ever quote-unquote, Air Jordan. I know he was getting there at that point. And now you hear Bobby Knight say quotes like, I knew he was going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. But you, being on his level, playing on that team, seeing that kind of performance, were you like, that's going to be one of the greatest of all time? Never said that. Okay. Okay, but what I saw, because, see, you're talking about that game, he got 63. I'm talking about spending time with him and practice with him. His drive was so great, I never saw it before, you know. And when I say drive, I mean the drive inside, not driving to the basket. Right. I never saw anything. He played so hard in practice. I mean, one time we were playing and we were practicing and stuff. I mean, he played so hard. Now, I'm about done. I'm 36. And I said, John Lee, young fella, what you doing? He said, hey, old man, go sit down then. I went and sat down. <laughs> Because he played that hard, man. So his potential was, you know, it, it was through the roof, man. Did I ever think he was going to be as great as he was? Uh, I couldn't visualize that. So, you know, I don't think nobody could, you so, know. but Supposedly, he didn't like the trade that uh, brought you to Chicago. He wanted him to well, keep David Greenwood. He, he well, he, hey, think about it. He was I'm just like a rookie. He ain't know no better. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on now. You know, he he was just a second year in the league and mm-hmm. stuff. And it, it, so it was personal because not David Greenwood, you know, Higgins was his best friend, and they got rid of Higgins. Uh-huh. So I would probably feel the same way. You know, you're bringing in an old man, and you're getting rid of one of my guys. So that's youth. I, I never paid attention to that. You know, and stuff, man. I, I was coming to help where I could. Now, I was the man for San Antonio Spurs for 12 years. Now, I'm going to another team where he's the man. Now, how did I accept that is probably, you know, the, the best question. I ain't had no choice. He was the man. Do you ever uh, keep in touch with them? I hope they're, they're both living. Uh, Larry Keenan and the Whopper, Bill Paltz? I, I talked to Kate. Kate Tina still live here. Yeah, I haven't spoke with uh, I haven't spoke with Paul, so, uh, but I, I heard he he might be in Houston. All right. Well, it's the big three coming to the Little Caesars Arena in George the Iceman Gervin's hometown here in Detroit. Sunday <laughs> noon. Uh, tickets available. It's a lot of fun, and hope you'll have as much fun as we had. Uh, talking to you today, oh, well, I, I appreciate it. All my college buddies who had that poster on their on their wall and in, in the dorms, uh, 
Well, <laughs> tell him to get my shirt. I'm going to have a shirt come out with okay. that. Oh, I'll buy on. that shirt. You oh, can yeah. guarantee that. I'm oh. a fool for Nike. <laughs> oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> Thank you, Iceman. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Hopefully, I'll see you there. Okay.